Welcome to The Howler, your weekly look into the state of Wolfpack Athletics. Now let's go to your hosts, Ethan Barry and Madison Bell. Welcome into another edition of The Howler, Ethan Barry and Madison Bell with you once again. We are also pleased to be joined by Thomas Overton. Thomas, how are you doing this evening? Good, thanks for having me. Yes, sir, we're very happy to. Thomas uh, works here with us at Pack TV and uh, is a big sports fan, so um, felt like we'd be doing ourselves a disservice if we didn't have him on. Guys, it was, um, if you ask me, State went into this week, we'll talk about basketball because that's the only thing to talk about. Um, but State went into this last week, two games on the road against Virginia Tech at home against Chapel Hill. Um, I, I think State went in with an opportunity to uh, not clinch an NCAA tournament bid, but certainly move themselves off the bubble. And uh, I thought in range for a ACC tournament double buy. Um, obviously, State lost both games, so those things are pretty much out the window, at least for now. The NCAA tournament off the bubble is, um, I'd say, a double buy in the ACC tournament is pretty much off the table for good. But um, it was a tough weekend. Both were tough games, really. I mean, on the road in the ACC, any game is tough. Um, Virginia Tech's a solid team. They'll probably make the tournament. Turned around and beat Virginia. So. Yeah, they did turn around and beat Virginia, which was a pretty big upset. Virginia still got to number one somehow. I don't know how that works. No, I don't know who votes for those things. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't get it. But. Um, uh, so tough road game there, and then obviously turn around against UNC Chapel Hill, and I think a lot of people thought State could win that game, and I don't necessarily think they were wrong, but the one thing that I keep going back to is it's so hard to beat a team twice in, in what was it, two weeks? Two weeks. I mean, it's just so hard to do that in the ACC. Do you guys agree? I mean, yeah. Anytime it's only 14 days turnaround, it's still fresh in your mind. You know UNC hated to lose on their home floor to mm -hmm. not their rival. Yeah, <laughs> And I think they spent a lot of time looking at the film. Of course, they're also getting ready for Duke and then coming off a short rest. So maybe still up on the, the high from beating Duke. And then Luke May just had a career game. Yeah. So you put all those together, and I don't know how well State would have had to play to win, but I don't think there was a good chance. I definitely agree with that. I think that NC State was kind of like going to be on the wrong side of Chapel Hill anyway considering like we had just I was, won yeah we had just won and also like two one of two things I thought one of two things was going to happen either Chapel Hill was going to win and they were going to come in cocky and be like oh yeah like we just beat Duke they were going to lose and be mad mm -hmm. and then they came in like riding off that high and then on top of that they were playing in front of a gray crowd at PNC yeah. and they thrived off of that like, they were so excited, and you could I tell. So. We were, like, loud before tip-off and everything. They came out laughing. Yeah. Like, they, like, had no interest in losing that game, and they were like, you know what, we're just going to we're gonna go with it. I think the one advantage State had was that Chapel Hill had just played Duke <coughs> 36 hours before. That was the one advantage that State had. And pretty much everything else was, was I guess, what – was an advantage for them, I guess you could say. And so it was just too much for State to overcome. Like you said, Luke May was just ridiculous. I know some people are complaining about the defense, and the defense wasn't good, 
But some of those shots he hit, I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. You got Omir had a hand in his face and three or four shots where he's just falling away, and he hits them. I mean, what are you, what are you supposed to do? But, um, you know, it was a tough loss. We can talk a little bit about the Virginia Tech game. In my mind, State just didn't play well enough to win that game. That was, that was the end of the story. Yeah. Um, I thought it was pretty miraculous that State was even in that game. But I know, like, what was it, 62, 64 points in the paint for Virginia yeah. Tech. And State's on-ball defense, they just could not figure out if the Virginia Tech guard was going to go over the screen, go under the screen, go left, go right, and it seemed time after time. Their top score went left straight to the basket, and there was no help side defense in the paint. He, I don't even know. Yeah. It's one of the things that I've actually talked about. I know you said that people were upset with the defense. There are not many, like, obviously there are flaws in this team because that's apparent in pretty much every team. But, like, the two things that I notice on defense is that nobody picks up people when they roll the basket. That's one of the things. The role, that, man. Yeah. yeah. Like, nobody nobody picks them up as they're going to the basket. That's been a consistent problem. The other thing, like, I'm sure Keats has drilled them about this, but, like, fundamentally, you're not supposed to leave your feet when you're playing defense. And they leave their feet, all of them do it constantly to mm-hmm. block shots. And I can't remember what his name is for Chapel Hill, but when he sunk that three with a few minutes left, he got Al because Al left his feet. Yeah, that was the game there, too. I I think people have a misconception about Keats's defense, and maybe I'm wrong about that, but Keats's defense isn't – it's not to make force difficult shots. It's to force turnovers. Yes. And so you're going to – like, with the way the defense works is you're going to give up layups, you're going to give up open threes. That's just how it works. And – um. I honestly think the biggest problem with the defense right now is State just doesn't have the players that can play it. I've seen some people say, like, he wants, you know, two, three at at least athletic wings on the floor at once, and State has one athletic wing on the entire roster in Torin Dorn. So I I think the biggest problem is State just doesn't have the personnel right now, and obviously that will get fixed next year, but I just don't think that the defensive issues are fixable based on the way that he – plays defense yeah I also think State couldn't have caught Chapel Hill at a worse time I saw an amazing stat their game against Duke Thursday two turnovers for the whole game and then we know we had that stretch in the second half where Chapel Hill didn't have a turnover on 30 straight possessions so they just played incredible they handled the ball and did what they needed to and I mean I recognized that last year or two years ago against Chapel Hill Roy doesn't allow pointless turnovers like if they if the other team goes after the ball and just so happens to like steal the ball that's fine but Chapel Hill is not going to make careless yeah careless errors like that they passed the ball out of bounds once he yelled at them and it didn't happen again like they looked like someone had like kicked their puppy when it happened like they knew they were in trouble yeah I don't know that's just my thing the defense I think the defense has been overshadowed a lot all year just because the offense has been so good and people have exceeded and the team has exceeded expectations. But I I just don't think the defense is that like it's that it's that it's not good and it's not going to get it's not going to get better this year, which I think is fine. Um another thing I wanted to mention is where do you guys stand on I know a lot of people have mentioned like why don't you go zone? Why don't you pull off the press? Well, what I mean, would you go to a different defense when you're in your first year trying to establish a establish a culture, or would you like switch it up to help in that game? 
Well, I think State's biggest problem on going zone is rebounding. We saw it Saturday, even in the man-to-man, -man, the rebounding was just not good at all. Um, so especially going zone and you're trying to find a defender to box out that you're not specifically guarding, that you're just trying to find the closest body. And then going up against Chapel Hill, one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the country zone is probably just not the best match. Yeah. I I mean I've seen it mentioned and to me you got to be like you got to build the culture and if you suffer lumps in year 1 then so be it and you know look at Virginia you know how long did it take Tony Bennett to get going 2 3 years and now they're a top 5 team every year you know like nobody thought they were even going to be a top 25 team yet here they are they're going to you know they got a good shot at the number 1 overall seed so yeah, I think you see the benefits of sticking with it in year 1 year two maybe even, so that when you get your guys in there, they know what the expectation is. But I don't know. That's just me. I agree. I feel like part of playing man is forcing more turnovers. I feel like that's kind of like you know who you're sticking with. You're not leaving him. And if the ball's coming there, like that's your responsibility. Yeah. I get that like feeling from Keats's defense that like, this is your guy, and if your guy gets the ball, you better go after the ball. So you don't have to worry about, like, oh, I got to stand in between these two people. I got to stay in my zone. So if the ball goes over there, it takes me longer to get there. Does that make sense? So, like, I feel like on man, you're more likely to get a steal than you would in zone. I feel like State's defense did get a lot better, though, from Wednesday night until at least the first half Saturday. Their rotation was there. For a few good possessions there Saturday, especially on the 19 to nothing run, but then in the second half the rotation got worse. It seems like they were too focused on sticking with their one man, even though that's your job. You still have to be able to come and help side. I, yeah, I agree. The defense was worse in the second half, but I mean you got to give them credit. They shot 78 percent. A lot of teams don't even shoot 70 78 percent in an open gym with no defense. You know, so, and I've said this before, you know, you'll we'll see teams shoot 60% from three against us. Well, Steph Curry's not even going to shoot 60% from three in an open gym. You know, it was the same kind of thing. Sometimes the team's just going to shoot like that. And I had the feeling down the stretch of that game that if they would just miss one shot, State would win the game. And they didn't. <laughs> you know, you got to give them credit. You know, 78% is, what is that, four out of every five, basically? And, um, I mean, I'm sure they got at least a couple of the, those misses back. but uh, A little more than a couple. Well, in the second half. They only missed seven shots. So, Yeah, also Kenny Williams is playing great. I think uh, yeah. 12 of 23 in his last four games from three-point land, which means, one, he's efficient. He doesn't take too many. Also, when he gets the chance, he knocks them down. And yeah. I think right when State got it to two off that three-point play, they went right down the floor and right to Williams and busted it back to five. And right then, that, that was, was when the it was over for me. So oh, Yeah, that was the killer. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think State did not catch Chapel Hill at a good time. You thought maybe 36 hours after they played Duke, you're catching them at the right time. But I think that game was a big confidence boost for them. They were struggling. I don't think they're that good, but, you know. Confidence goes a long way. and um, I mean, look at this team. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Chapel Hill played with confidence on Saturday, and we saw it. And you know that they did not want to lose. They don't want to be the first team that State swept in 15 years. Um, I, don't, I don't think Roy was going to let that happen. Yeah. It's an unfortunate loss, but uh, it's not a – 
<clears throat> it's certainly not a season-ending loss or anything like that. Um, I think at the beginning of the year, I really circled these two games and said, State's got to get to a point where they can split these two games and then go on a run afterwards because the schedule, I don't want to say it lightens up, but you've got more winnable games, I'd say, from here on out. Um, so not splitting these two games, I guess I, I guess it's not ideal. But at the same time, nobody thought this team would be 6-4 and four heading into this week. That's true, that's true. And I was looking at the schedules today for not just State but the other teams. And it does look like out of especially the teams right there in the middle that we're all fighting for 6th and 7th place, State does have probably the most favorable schedule. No more ranked teams in the last six. And you're looking at the two teams above them, um, Louisville, and I think we're tied with Florida State. Florida State has played Clemson twice, who's moved up to number 11. Really impressive season for Brad yes. Ronell. And uh, Louisville's won two in a row, so they've improved but still not the best team. Um, but I think State has a good chance to – beat most of those teams in the middle pack going into the ACC tournament. Well, I think even heading into this week, there wasn't a game on the schedule that you said, State can't win this game. I think State's played all those games, and really the only game that you think, in hindsight, the only game State never had a chance to win would be Virginia, I would say. Um, you caught Notre Dame in the best game of the year without Markel, but um, aside from that, you know, State can win all these games. I think like I said, road games are so difficult in the ACC. I don't care who you are or where you're playing. The Wake Forest game obviously scares me. The Georgia Tech game scares me. There's one other road game. I Syracuse think. is this Wednesday Syracuse. at another 9 p.m. game. Yeah. Geez, the uh, games they got to stop. Yeah. The zone terrifies me, for one. It just, I mean. I mean, Bayheim's team's been playing really great lately. They've won yeah. two in a row, I think, also, and moved up the standings back to the middle. They were kind of falling at the bottom, but they're on turnaround. Their RPI is, I want to say it's like 38, so they're in a good, good situation for uh, making the NCAA tournament. But their best win, RPI-wise, I haven't looked at their schedule, but their best win RPI-wise is over Buffalo. So you think, I mean, that makes you think that State can beat this team. I mean, not easily, but it's definitely a game you could win. Yeah, I think State's going to have to do a little bit better at three-point efficiency. We know yep. we've been making a lot, but we've also been taking, in my opinion, way too many. But I think against the 2-3 zone, it's important to take a good quality number of shots outside, maybe make them change up the defense, which probably won't happen, but we'll see. And then also you got to find the open spot. So I'm looking at the low blocks. Lennard normally has a great game against his own defense. He just slips in the holes. Yeah, I think it's going to be big. Two advantages, I wouldn't say advantages, but State has two areas where they can, uh, you know, outperform Syracuse. Offensive rebounding, I think with Lennard and Abu, that's one, and Yurt, and you know, that's something you got to do because you're going to miss shots against them, especially from three. The other thing is transition. You're going to have to force turnovers. I don't see any way State wins this game without forcing 15 turnovers. Yeah, that's probably true, and Markel coming back is great for State. You know, once he finishes the full ACC schedule, he'll be eligible to lead the league and I think assist and probably turnover. So yeah. I look for him to – didn't have his best game against UNC, but UNC has some great ball handlers. So I think Wednesday he can look for maybe going for a double-double and a good number of steals. I don't know where – speaking of steals, I don't know where LeVar was against Chapel Hill. I kept waiting – for LeVar to come in and play some defense. I just kept waiting, 
and it didn't happen. And I think that while LeVar can be a little bit of a liability on offense because of his inexperience, he's like an energizer bunny. He gets really excited, and then he doesn't know what to do with himself, and he fouls. But when he settles down, he's a solid defensive player, and I really think that against Chapel Hill he could have been beneficial at least at the most. Put him in for a few minutes, see what he does, and if it's not working, just yank him. Yeah, but I, I think that – sorry. I think that defensively this team could use LeVar in the upcoming games. I think he has the most defensive potential on the team. I, don't, I mean, is there anybody else even who would you would consider with that? I mean not, – Not what I've seen through the first, you know, handful of conference games. His on-ball defense is something I don't yeah. think we've mm-hmm. seen in a long time, especially from a freshman. And we were all asking Sunday and – Today, where was LeVar, and we don't have an answer, so hopefully we'll see him back soon. I, uh, What game was it earlier in the year where he got benched, didn't play, and then came back and played really well for a good stretch? I can't it was one of, the non, one of the later non-conference games, but like I said, I, I think something has happened. Um, I don't know if he said something or it's his attitude in practice or he's upset that he doesn't have more playing time, so he gets less playing time. I mean, I could see that being the case. Well, I also don't think he matched up very well with UNC at all. You know, yeah. we either have Markell or Braxton that was on Joel Berry the whole game. And then I think Kenny Williams was even almost at the two. And he's got to have three, four, almost five inches on LeVar. And the way he's been shooting the ball, you kind of want a taller defender out there, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, LeVar's taller than Braxton is, though, you know. So, I don't know. I It was frustrating, but there, I – I can't doubt Keats yet, you know? And Keats we trust. It's like I feel like I'm sitting here going, why didn't we do this? And then it's just like Keats probably has a good reason that we don't know about. So, like, who am I to sit here and be like, oh, I'm why? sure, you know, I forgot where I was going to go with that. I'm sure, <laughs> you know, I'm sure he has a reason because there's, n- well, Sam Hunt can shoot, but it just doesn't make sense to me why Sam Hunt would be getting minutes and LeVar's not, but. I don't know. I mean, Keats isn't a perfect coach. You know, he's really good so far, but he's not a perfect coach. So I don't think he's really above criticism. It's just hard to criticize him at this stage of the game because of what he's done with what he has. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe we'll see LeVar again. Maybe this is going to be the story for the rest of the season. You know, two, three, five, zero minutes a night for him. But either way, I mean – I just think that Keats's program is bigger than one guy, you I know. Agree. Yeah, I think he emphasizes that, especially on defense. It's not about one guy, because if one man's not in his place, then the team's not going to succeed. So it's all about team defense um, going forward. I think we definitely look for the team to step up defensively, but maybe even some more on-ball defense might have been missing a little Saturday. Yeah, I mean, if I had to guess, I would guess that he's just not doing what he needs to do in practice. Whether it's an effort thing or a performance thing, um, that's, I mean, that's my guess. I don't know that, but, uh, you know, we'll see moving forward. So talk about a little bit about the Syracuse game. We're going to have to make some threes. Um, I think we're going to have to get out and transition, get some easy buckets. Syracuse is, Syracuse is a bubble team. I want to say they're a little, they're on the wrong side of the bubble right now. So State would technically be a little bit ahead of them. 
Not, do you know if I'm correct on that? Uh, I saw a Bacritology today that yeah. I think it definitely had them above us in the power okay. index, but I don't know if they're in the field of 68 okay. right now. So they're a tough matchup for State, but it's not that State can't beat them. If State can hold them to 60 points, that's a winnable game to me. But I don't know. We'll see. I A three-game losing streak at this point in the season would really be – not what you want to see, I guess. I, don't, I mean, yeah, we haven't seen the team like be derailed this much in the season so far. Of course, we lost those two games in back-to-back days in Atlantis, but I think yeah. that might have been our only back-to-back losses. Notre Dame and Clemson, I uh, think. Well, they came the back beginning of the ACC right, season. Yeah, those two were rough, but then they came back and beat Clemson. So I think Wednesday is a good turnaround point. We're still 500 in the conference. I think some yeah. people have forgotten that even after losing two games. Um, so Wednesday's big for me. It's you got It's hard in the middle of the season and right after big losses. You got to keep things in perspective. I mean, if I told you at the end of the season, you know, say we don't win another game, if I told you at the beginning of the season we're gonna win six ACC games, we're gonna be Duke, Chapel Hill on the road, Arizona, you know, we're gonna win. What do we have? Sixteen wins. I mean, would you take that? Ah, it's tough to say. I mean, you're at seven developed so much between yeah. last season and this season. Like, we finally saw the good Yurt seven he played pretty like semi-decent last season but just didn't fit into godfrey's roles at all but this season you know he's taken a lot more threes and his mid-range jump shots i think that's where he kills most teams it's been automatic too i think sometimes we get him the ball in the post and everybody just starts cheering before he's even shot because everybody knows it's going in pretty much but um i thought that was another element to the game on saturday Yurt seven missed a handful of shots he usually makes and in a seven-point game when it's down to free throws at the end, so it wasn't really a seven-point game. That's the difference in the game, in my mind. He makes two more of those, and Luke May misses just one shot, one more shot. You know, State probably wins that game. but Yeah, I mean, you're at seven, obviously didn't have his best game, but I think UNC did a great job of adjusting. Remember the, the first game... All those uh, aggressive moves, stuff we hadn't seen from Yurt 7, driving to the basket and some aggressive dunks right there after a play resumed when Joel Berry went down right before the half. And um, UNC adjusted well, and then Yurt 7, he missed a couple. We expect him to make some of those mid-range jumpers that he just left short and some hook shots. But, um, you know, I think he's going to bounce back. I think so, too. Syracuse will be a big game for him. When he was being recruited, Syracuse was uh, one of the schools that he took a visit to uh, coming all the way from Turkey, so you know that he was seriously considering that them, so he'll probably have this game circled on his calendar. Um, then on Saturday, State faces Wake Forest. At Wake Forest. <sighs> Trap game. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't like that game. Anytime any NC State team goes to Wake Forest, I'm like, please, just remain calm. It's happening. Remain calm. That's how I feel. I feel like it's going to be a Super Bowl of sorts for Wake Forest. They have not been good this year. I think they've won two ACC games, maybe three. I don't think they're a very good team, but they have a good coach. Well, yeah. I mean, you think that you got him there last year. I think he's good at player development, but I definitely feel like they're underachieving this year. You know, whoever's fault that may be. But, um, it it just makes me nervous. Like you said, every Wake Forest game is just even la even earlier this year, 
State was down by two with four minutes left, then went on a big run, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think that two-game stretch, I, I think it was Clemson, maybe it was someone else in there, and then Wake Forest. I think yeah. that's when we got on the, the Keach train because he called that great timeout. It was either right before or right after the four-minute media timeout, and State ended the game on like yeah. an 11-2 to two run or something and just see the way that he can assess the situation and get his players to respond to come out on top was great. Yeah, Wake Forest, so Wake Forest came to PNC and almost won that game. They kind of fell apart at the end, but I don't know. It it still worries me, you know. I State's got to win that one. State's got to win that one, and they got to beat Georgia Tech later on. If you don't win either of those games, if you lose one of those games, then you've got another bad loss on the resume. And I don't necessarily buy into the fact that State has any terrible losses. You look at UNCG, that's kind of the one that everybody points out. UNCG is a pretty good team, and they might make the tournament. Yeah, their RPI last time I checked was 101, so it's in that 100-plus category, but that's a lot better than some other teams. Yeah, and then you have really the only other one would be Northern Iowa, who historically has always been a tournament team, but not this year. But in my mind, Wake Forest or Georgia Tech would be worse losses than those I mean that's my opinion but um State's got to get out of those two with a win and then you're at eight wins right and then you I mean I'd say you only need two more I mean you think 10 in the ACC gets it done well I think uh 10 can either come in the tournament the ACC tournament or the regular season based upon who State loses to the rest of the way a bad loss would mean we probably need to have 10 going into the tournament but if we win the ones that they should win, take care of business, I think that 10th could potentially just come in the tournament and only nine regular season. I agree. So you, so you think nine minimum in the nine regular season? Nine definitely minimum in the regular season. Yeah. I mean. That goes 50-50 the rest of the season. You've got to have that. Yeah, I agree. And you look at, look at in the tournament. I mean, this is looking ahead, but in the tournament, State's probably going to be 6-7-8 seed. Um so you won't be playing on Tuesday. So you g- you're going to have to win a game on Wednesday, I would say, to really assure yourselves of the tournament. Uh, if you've won 10 and you lose the first game of the tournament, I think you're right. It depends on who you've beaten and uh, who you've beaten from here on out and who your losses are to. But I would think 10 regular season wins and just one ACC tournament win, I mean, it's over. State's in, I would think. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Some of their their great wins, we already mentioned it, Duke, Arizona, UNC, Chapel Hill on the road at home against Clemson, which every day looks better and better. All of us in Raleigh are like, go Clemson, go, even though we hate to say that. Exactly. But all the way up to number 11 in the AP poll, they're having a great season. And they lost Dante Grantham, so that should make State's win look even better. He's their best player. But I don't know. We'll see. I mean, so if you look at 4-2 and two from here on out, Mark Syracuse, I'm not going to mark Syracuse down as a loss because State has responded so well to adversity all year. If State can steal one against Syracuse, then you go to Wake Forest and win that one. Then you're sitting at eight and six. That's really tough ask to win two road games in a row, but State did a couple weeks ago. So if you're to project four and two from here on out, where do you think those four wins come from? Ah, tough to say. I mean, State in my opinion, plays a lot better at home. We saw that against Pitt. It took a lot to beat Pitt, which was having us all in a frenzy. Yeah. Um. So four and two, 
I think the four wins, we get Boston College at home. We get Florida State at home in a tough game, but they still pull that one out. I think we drop Louisville the last game of the season, which is terrible for momentum. And then the next two, um, definitely Georgia Tech and then either Wake Forest or Syracuse. It's, it's a, it's a toss-up. And, you know, I would rather have Wake Forest as a win and Syracuse as a loss, but I don't think State can handle another loss right now. You're saying State can't lose on tomorrow. I don't Wednesday. think so. I really hope they don't. Yeah. yeah, if I've got to pick four games, I'll say State wins wins on Wednesday somehow, some way. Just because I don't think I think you're right. I don't think you can lose three in a row. Um, and we haven't seen State win three in a row, so I think we're going to get a really good performance from the pack, and they'll pull one out by the skin of their teeth, or whatever that saying is. But um, then I think State will go to Wake Forest. It's tough. It's too hard for me to pick that one as a win. Um, so then I think State will hold – what am I saying? Boston – oh, that Boston College game scares me too. That's another one. Yeah. <laughs> State they've got fans are always like, Ugh. They've got a good backcourt. Um, that one scares me. I'll, g- I'll give it to State, but I can absolutely see State losing that game. So if I had to pick the two losses, I'll pick Wake Forest and Florida State, maybe? Mm, I think we have a better chance to beat Florida State than Louisville, but maybe yeah. not. I mean, you look at Louisville at the end of the season. That'll be on a short turnaround, too. I'll say State State's going to lose to Wake Forest in either Florida State or Louisville. I'd agree with that. I was going to say Louisville, actually. But also Wake Forest, just because that's... House of Horrors. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. I sad. I really feel like splitting these last two would have been huge. Then you're in a much more comfortable position. Because it's really hard to pick four wins out of these next six. But at the same time it's it's kinda hard to pick two losses. I mean I could see I could I don't think this will happen, but I mean it's possible to see State go one and five, two and four. It's definitely possible. I don't think it's likely just because the improvement, like at least State didn't decline Saturday. I feel like they played a lot better Saturday than they did Wednesday night. So if they can keep improving, they definitely have a good chance Wednesday. I can't see them playing worse than they did, especially on Wednesday. I can't see them playing worse than they did Saturday after losing two in a row this Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. State. I mean, that's the other thing you got to keep in mind. State played well on Saturday. It just, I mean, I, that was the best Chapel Hill's going to play all year, I think. I, I mean, mean, yeah, with their shooting percentage and their ball handling the second half. And if State didn't have that 19 to nothing run, I mean, we might have gotten up and left at halftime. Hopefully not, but yeah. it was that run was probably the only thing. I mean, I can't believe I was re-looking at some of the stats. We were down two with two and a half minutes to go, and they shot 80% in the second half. I was like, wow. So State didn't play poorly at all. They could have obviously played better, but they caught UNC Chapel Hill on a a pretty good day, I'd say. I know we keep going back to this game, but on after that 19-0 run, I thought, I don't want to say State lost the game there, but after a 19-0 to run, you can't give up a 7-0 run headed into halftime right after that. You've got to keep – I mean, I think State was up by 9. You've got to keep at least 5-7, 10-point lead going into halftime after just such a huge run. And I think that was – the fact that they got it to within 2 at halftime was really huge for them 
momentum-wise headed in the second half. But Yeah, it all went back to rebounding. I feel like Carolina's first points after 19-0 was on a garbage basket. I feel like Carolina missed again. State was in good position, yep. maybe rebound, but it just was didn't f- get it. The first one they scored was off a missed three from Joel Berry. Yeah, that's kind of disappointing. You look at maybe 21, 23-point run, but then, you like you said, you can't give up that – that last two-minute run, especially when you know Roy Williams' team every time coming out of the locker room is going to play better in the first five minutes of the second half than they've played the whole first half combined. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. One player needs to step up six games to go, or one player is already playing well. Who's <coughs> Excuse me. One player who's uh, going to be the key down the stretch for State. Uh, that's a tough one. You know, Abu's been playing a lot better. But I don't think the team necessarily depends on Abu. Um, I think I have to go with Al Freeman just because mm-hmm. he had such, you know, seven for seven at Chapel Hill and is like, oh, we didn't win this time. And then the first thing I go, yeah, Al Freeman wasn't seven for seven from three point land because yeah. that never happens. Um, but I think Saturday he did a lot of good stuff, even though some of the shots weren't falling. So I look for him to improve. Wednesday was not his best. Um, he has gotten a lot more under control going to the basket. Um, he is a great penetrator, don't get me wrong. He's an excellent penetrator, probably the best on the team, maybe one of the best in the conference. So I look for him to just settle down here in these last six games and really play like the grad transfer he is and lead the team, even coming off the bench. Um, He's already done so much for us, but I'm going to say Torin because he – does do so much on the court like he can shoot threes he has a nice jumper and drive the basket gets great rebounds for us always crashing but i'm gonna say Torin because when Torin's hot good things happen uh, mostly on away games because yeah. the majority of the time if there's anybody hot on the road it's Torin. And yeah, Torin was a spark, especially at Pitt. That's one that stands absolutely. out to me. And when he plays that four position, <laughs> that down low position with whoever's in there, mm-hmm. he's always right under the basket. And for his size, just does an amazing job getting rebounds. And then also, like you said, you can pull him out, maybe stretch yep. four or even move him up to the three if we're even struggling more rebounding, throw a boo in there, Lennard at the four. Torin's just an all-around great defender and player. He has improved a lot this year in my opinion, and is definitely thriving under Keats' system. I remember last year we were talking, Ethan, about how if Torin can fix his shot, it would be fantastic. And that's one of the things that he clearly worked on in the offseason, and it's showing. Yeah, well, he struggled against in ACC play last year, but um, he was hurt, and I think Mm -hmm. that had a lot to do with it, and now he's healthy. Um, For me, it's got to be Omir. I mean, he's he's the best player on State's team, certainly most talent-wise. And I'd say outside of Marvin Bagley, trying to think who else, I'd say pretty much outside of Bagley, he, you could make an argument as him as the most talented player in the ACC. Um, and I think State needs to needs him to play like that all ACC first team, you know, best player on the floor type of guy the rest of the way. Um, so. For me, that's 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 the guy. I think State beats wins the game the other day if, if Omir has a decent game. Uh, I also think State beats Virginia not beats Virginia Tech, but the turning point in that game was Omir getting into foul trouble, and State just struggled without him the rest of the first half. Yeah, I'm almost at the point where maybe sit Omir for the first three minutes of the game and just see how it goes. You know that I was listening to on the radio, and uh, 
Gary Hahn was like, and Omir Yurtsevens on the bench with his second foul with over 15 minutes to go in the first half. I'm like, that just it's happened too much this season, and if it keeps happening, you know, our offensive efficiency just goes way down because you can't bring the five out to set high ball screens. And then and he doesn't roll a lot. He can roll, but he's so good at pick and popping. Like, mm-hmm. he brings so much to the team. And if he's sitting on the bench, then it just alters the whole game plan. I I advocated for bringing him off the bench and starting Freeman just for that sole reason. You see how the game is getting called, but I mean that's not going to happen at this point. And I feel like I feel like I'm making making an excuse for him here, but some of the fouls he gets called for, man, are just I mean, th- it seems. The sad part is it's gotten better though. Yeah, it hasn't gotten worse. It seems to me like they target him and say we're going to take him out of this game. And yeah, I don't know how State did better foul-wise than Carolina, especially in the second half. I mean, what did Omir finish with? Two fouls, but he only yeah. played 19 minutes. You know, they were just struggling to find a defender to guard Luke May's career day, and he had an awesome game, and nothing you could do about that. And I think Keats actually talked about that in Wolfpack Hustle. I haven't watched last night. It was the first time I watched one all basketball season. But he talked about that last night, like how he just asks his players to defend, and that's why they just kept rotating down low because they were just trying to find someone who could do something against Luke May. Yeah, And there was just no... I don't disagree with Omir not playing as many minutes because you had to find something to do with Luke May and Omir just wasn't hitting the shots he normally hits. But, you know, it's in the past. State's at 6-6 and in the ACC. You'll absolutely take it. You've got more winnable games ahead. Um, Thomas, how do you think this next six-game stretch goes? Uh, I hate to say it, but I think it's probably split three and three, which puts us even closer at the bubble than we obviously want to be and leaves us probably towards the bottom half of that group getting a first-round bye, so I'd say around eight or nine seed, which means you're going to turn around and play, what, the 10-11 seed? Yeah. So you don't even get that big of a gap in conference records, um, which means State might have to pull out two in the ACC tournament if they go 3-3 three and three these last six. But you really look at them to, to circle that 10-number ACC wins in the regular season and hope to get there. What he said. 3-3? Three and three. Yep. Yeah, I think State goes 4-2. and two. I think Keats is going to get it done. Every time we've started to question him, he's come through. So I don't think it's time to start downing him now. I don't think anyone was expecting this season at all. Nope. No one was I mean, sitting here to a winning like, record. I mean, right now we're at 500, and we have a good chance to go with 500, if not even better. A winning record in the toughest conference in all of college basketball, that would be a great feat in your first year. Coming into this season, I was like, we got a new coach. You know, we don't really have – he doesn't have his players yet. You know, like, it'll be fine. It'll be rough, but we'll make it. And now I'm sitting here going, if we don't make the tournament, I'm going to be angry. Yeah. I mean, t- tells you what he can do, but – it's impressive, really. It, I don't remember. I mean, the last time we were on the bubble, so to say, was three years ago, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't remember feeling like this. Like, the last two years was like, it was almost kind of nice and relaxing to not worry about being on the bubble at the end. But obviously, you want to win. Like, you know, losing wasn't any fun. But it's so much like every game is so, so much more important than last year when you're just playing out the string. And I don't like doubt us at all like every single game nc state goes into i'm like there's a chance yeah i I, like i said i think the only game that state went into without 
you know, thinking that State couldn't win was Virginia. I mean, every other game, State's, all right, you can win this game. But it's a nice change from last year. But It ain't bad. No, it's not. Even though we won in Cameron Indoor, which yeah, I still don't understand. Uh, no one understands how that happened. Dennis Smith is how that happened. All right, anything else to add? Kevin Keats is a winner. Kevin Keats is a winner. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for us. Thomas, thanks for being with here tonight. With uh, Oh, excuse me. Thanks for being with us here tonight. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. Pleasure having you with us. We'll be back next week with another edition of The Howler. Thanks for listening to The Howler, a service of PAC-TV. Find out more at go.ncsu.edu slash sports.